How do you date in jail? <laughs> Welcome yeah. back to another episode of Second Listen here with uh, Colin and Trevor. How you do? How are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing good. Uh, this is the show where we uh, each take turns picking an album and dive into them with our overall thoughts, discussion, overview of the whole album. Uh, so what do we got this week, Colin? Yeah, this was my uh, my second choice of an album. Uh, episode one, Pin Back, was my first one. And this week I brought Twice Removed by Sloan. Uh, to our Canadian listeners, uh, will most likely be familiar with Sloan because they've been spanning radio waves since this album anyway and slightly before it. Uh, American listeners, maybe not so much uh, because they never made it big there. But uh, that was that was the main reason I, w- I wanted to bring a Canadian band. And um, the main thing about Sloan that that I think is really cool is that it's it's actually just four songwriters that bring their own contributions to the band. Um, looking at this one, like after going in, I, I, I picked it because it's the most critically acclaimed of their albums, but, um, I somewhat regret it because it's very, uh, heavy on one of the songwriters and it doesn't actually showcase all the songwriters too well, but, uh, yeah. Is it heavy on? Most heavy on? It is most heavy on Chris Murphy. So thank you for prompting me to introduce the band members, Trevor. Uh, so Chris Murphy is on bass, uh, except when the drummer's writing songs, but I'll get into that in a sec. Chris Murphy is the guy with the glasses that, uh, most people will be familiar with. He's the guy that tries to steal the girl and the other man. Uh, his other singles are the rest of my life is one of them. So that's Chris Murphy. If you're familiar with him, uh, we have Patrick Pentland is one of the guitarists. He's the more lead guitarist and he's the, uh, the guy that's responsible for most of the singles throughout S- Sloan's career, oh, just spit it out, Colin, uh, such as uh, The Good in Everyone, Money City Maniacs, which is the song that starts out with the siren and it's a staple in like hockey arenas everywhere, Losing California, a lot of songs are his. Uh, Jay Ferguson is the other guitarist who's more of a rhythm guitarist and he uh, doesn't actually get many singles, He's kind of the forgotten member, I think. And then uh, Andrew Scott on drums who um, when he has a song, he switches to guitar, Jay switches to bass, and Chris goes to drums. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's my general band overview. I, I just think it's cool to have a band where all four members are writing songs. Uh, this is their second album from 1994, so just slightly after the grunge era. And uh, like Trevor, I know you were listening to the Alan Cross podcast that I did. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts there um i think i mean well i i definitely i think that's a great uh podcast the history of modern rock the sloan interview is no exception like it's a pretty i think it's worth a listen if anybody's into sloan um there were some funny things about like chris murphy like being uh i think it was chris murphy he was like was in a bunch of ads as a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like the, for like a bacon ad and like some other, I don't know. So that was kind of funny to hear about it. And uh, I mean, that's when I learned that this was the most expensive album by far, right? That's what I was hoping you would bring up when yeah. I pointed you in that direction. Yeah, so by far, this is, they signed on a major label after um, they have underwhelmed the song after their first album blows up. Uh, she was underwhelmed, if that's a word. I know it's not because I looked it up. It's just like this, this most Chris Murphy thing you'll ever hear. Uh, <laughs> but then, and then this comes in, and like that—that that was a heavier song, very drivey. So um, they talked about in that Alan Cross 
podcast about how this was almost career suicide because instead of going with the intense pressure to create grunge or post grunge albums, they went full Beatles here more or less. So uh, I think I think that's really interesting that it ended up working out for them. Uh, How familiar are you guys with? Sorry, I was just gonna say on that last thing, like it's it it ended up working out for them in the long run but at the time it, the album still still did uh wasn't didn't do that well like when it was originally released um, cuz i guess like geffen records uh basically refused to promote it because they didn't do a grunge record so it just like didn't really get uh promoted well and sort of like flopped originally and then it wasn't until like a couple years later 3 years after it was released that like people slowly found it and then it became like this big like you know almost like cult thing. yeah 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 i mean coax me which is a single off this album got very extensive airplay yeah uh other than that though uh, yeah a lot of these songs are, are not very well known no. um, i'm assuming you guys are like me with sloan before i i started getting really into them which is that you are familiar with hearing their singles on the radio over the last 20 years right yeah, yeah, I know, I know a, a bunch of Sloan singles and like <clears throat> some of the deeper cuts on some of the albums. I definitely know, but I, I hadn't really done a full deep dive into any specific album. Like, really got intense and listened to it. Like, I have this one now. How after about you? Recommended it. How about you, Trevor? Uh, no, it's about the same. I mean, I think I actually, it wasn't until, and I mean, this happens with all sorts of bands, but it wasn't until I went and started looking at Sloan that I realized how many Sloan songs I already knew from the radio. Out of the Sloan albums, I probably know this one the best. And it, I mean, I was going to say it's my favorite. And then I, after say, like after I sort of had that thought, I was like, okay, well, I've also probably given this one the most listens. Um, so I am due for like an expansion of my uh, yeah. Sloan library. Well, well my, but, favorite, uh, my favorite Sloan album is actually Action Packed, which is um, yeah, generally thought of as... One of their weaker ones, actually, it's kind of mid-career. It's somewhere around the turn of the century. But um, the reason I didn't choose that is because it does not have an, a song by Andrew on it. So I felt that it shouldn't be chosen because, you know, I, if I'm going to give all this preamble about how it's for songwriters, they should all probably have Fair a song enough. on there. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Should we uh, dive right in here? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, first title track is called Pen Pals. Chris Murphy song. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, he's got a lot of songs. This is his first one. Um, the lyrics, if you don't know them, are are quite inane if you haven't heard the story of them, which is it's uh, pieced together from letters sent to Kurt Cobain is, is at least a strong rumor. I mean, I haven't actually sourced these, but that seems to be a pretty widespread thought that that's what these lyrics are. Uh, I think it's just such a fun jam. Super cool opening song. What do you guys think? When I first read these lyrics, I just thought they were cool lyrics. I often don't necessarily get the idea. Maybe this is because there's so many different songwriters. It's about the person. Like, it's directly about them that it's told from the first person perspective. But just, like, they do a really good job of telling stories in their music. And, like, this is no exception. There's, you know, they do a classic guitar in one side. And then, like, the whole band comes in at the intro. Yeah, yeah. And I really like how the bass and guitar play off each other at the start. It's 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 just really, like, powerful sounding for a pretty totally. innocuous song. What what do you think about the song, Miles? Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I I think Sloan's lyrics are are strong throughout, and I really like the back and forth style that they do. 
um, kind of replying in, in that pen pal style. Um, and I really love the, uh, the, the chorus harmonizing at like 49 seconds, I think. That's the first time in the album you hear that, and it's just like their iconic, classic uh, uh, harmonizing that they do in the chorus. Harmonies are all over a lot of these songs. Yeah, and you, you grow very familiar with that just iconic, seemingly uh, harmonize during the chorus there. I can't get out of this song either without mentioning. I think uh, Andrew Scott is a really, really good drummer. Uh, he is—he's playing some pretty, pretty intense fills for more laid-back songs, and, and Pen Pals was one of them where he's—he's kind of wandering the drum kit quite a bit. And um, I'd be interested to get your thoughts, Miles, as someone who does play the drums, on whether you share the same opinion of him that I do. Yeah, yeah, I totally do, and and you can kind of tell when he's like when he's behind the drums and stuff like throughout Sloan songs the drums kind of depending on who's playing them they stylistically change throughout the album which is which is really cool now one thing i don't know i know that nowadays they kind of like andrew will record the drums for his own songs where he's playing guitar and such but this is back when they were all like very much a full unit living in the same city and and probably more collaboratively writing during this time than than in later years. So I'm 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 not actually sure who drums on Andrew's song say, but uh I think it's pretty safe to say that that he's he's drumming on the majority of the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is actually a really interesting thing. Um th- again that I uncovered from the Alan Cross podcast is that uh They've been doing this like long distance production stuff that's become more popular now with pre-internet. Yeah, like pre-internet, they would literally mail tapes to each other because Andrew lived in Toronto, like pretty early on in their career, he, like moved to Toronto. Uh, so I think that's you know, in some ways, like part of me was like almost a little sad when I realized that most of the songs are written more or less by one person, and then they, the rest of them just like learn them because I do like I do think there's something really. I don't know. Obviously not that like one person can't write a great song and do all the parts. Like obviously that happens all the time. There's lots of people that do that. Sloan being containing four members that do that. But I think there's something to be said about like a collective writing process. Yeah. And, and that's and I think that's probably more the case here than than in later albums. Like I said, they're still trying to establish themselves here and and living in close quarters and probably having a lot more writing jam sessions although I, I don't have a source for that that's just a suspicion yeah we can I, probably move on though I think it's a really solid opening track I don't think oh, it's yeah, a world I, beater or anything like that but no oh. I enjoy it though uh, so song two I hate my generation <laughs> yeah this is a yeah, I think I was supposed to intro that sorry uh, this is a J song he only gets two on the album uh, but this is one of them uh, although we have a lot of Chris vocals here, including like he's got the most relaxed delivery on the never even have to <laughs> yeah. say a word. Yeah, you nailed I just, that. Yeah, I know. I finally nailed a, a delivery there. And I, I just <laughs> think like Chris Murphy always seems like he's having so much fun until he starts like whining later in the album. But um, wait, is this is a Chris Murphy song. No, it's Jay. But okay, Chris, that's what I thought. him yeah, and yeah. Chris are trading trading vocals I here. See. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's I, that's what I like the best about the song. It's kind of a weird chord progression on the the verses is a D minor B seven, which is a pretty odd chord progression. But I I think it's a really cool song. Um, I don't know why they're talking about the Sean guy telling them to play guitar. They spell this out later in the song. Yeah, it's I, kind I of to, weird. And I tried I'm to look it up. I couldn't find it. Yeah, anything. I'm pretty sure I saw an interview that, and this was a lot like well before this podcast or the preparation of this podcast. I think I saw an interview where Jay was like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. So I don't know if he was like embarrassed about it or if uh, he just actually doesn't know. Kind of kind of odd lyrics here, but I think it's a pretty, pretty fun song. Shortest song on the album. Uh, what do you guys think? Like it doesn't have to matter anyways, so I don't I don't know. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Like you just make stuff up, whatever. Uh yeah, I think this song's super fun, but like different fun than a lot of their other songs. Um, I like you said, I think just vocally the style's different different than a lot of the uh the other songs. So I think it's a really cool uh tune in that sense. Yeah, I mean, the I find the start of the song a little bit weak, like a lot of the time when I put it on. Uh, and like, I'll just say right off the bat, I do love this album. So like, even when I'm kind of like uh, saying something negative, it's like, well, I still like the song. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of songs I don't like on this. But um, yeah, every time this song first starts, I kind of have this like, I don't like it at first. It's an abrupt start. And then it just like, once it kicks in though, I actually really like... Um, but I really like all the like actual individual parts passing that first little bit. And I don't know why I had that original reaction. I really like the like, ending on, it's something that, you know, I just talked about in the previous album, uh, Anti-Socialites. But when you have these chord, this, uh, these chord progressions that have, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I guess you were saying there was a B7 chord, but you have these like very like triad, focused uh chord progressions and then like you end on just the seventh chord and then anti-socialites do it in undertow and then the sloan does it here and i think it i don't know i really like the sound of it it's like you, it really perks your ear at the ending and like the lack of stability that seventh chord chords have makes it feel a little less like resolved yeah um so yeah those are both things i really like and i also like there's a ooh, i want to say it's I want to say it's the chorus, but there's a part where they double the vocals and they're really, really well doubled. And like, I don't, I know this was recorded in New York and I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if it was, oh, I want to say it was like Stevie Wonder's studio, but like if it wasn't his and it was somebody else's, a really expensive, nice studio, pretty sure they recorded to tape because it was 1994. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, you, you don't know, get too many tries at a double vocal, Well, right? not just you don't have too many tries, but nowadays if you're doing a doubling doubles of vocals, you can like slice it up in Pro Tools or whatever DAW you're using and like line up each individual like vowel. You know, like you right, can really right, do right. it on the level where it's like back then, like, yeah, you can cut up tape and like ed- do edits, but it's way more work. Nobody's cutting up like a vocal track by that, you know, in that way. So like, and the, the Beatles were the same way, like... You know, they were all really good at doing dub like doubles and maybe triples or quadruples of like the same vocal line. And uh it's not that easy. Like it really just speaks to their sense of time and like yeah, so I think that's effective. And 
I mean, I get a Beatles vibe throughout this yeah, whole album. I, I had and written, I know you. I had written that down earlier. that this is the most Beatles song on the album too, with the harmonies and the trading vocals and the there's like a really simple melodic guitar solo that's just in and out really quick it's a short song i i get a lot of beatles from this yeah. as well i really like the part where it's like maybe me you yeah, know like, yeah. I, like i i don't know something about like the offset it's almost like a canon like it's not obviously it doesn't like you know it's not really a canon but it kind of has that effect where it's like one starts and then i don't know i think it's really awesome and then it leads into like a really cool different uh yeah, kind of bridge Section. comes out of nowhere there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, great song, honestly. Uh, right, song three, People of the Sky. What are your thoughts, Colin? This song shouldn't work, and it does. And, like, I I love this song, even though it's just five verses of the exact same thing. There's little melody other than ba 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 da ba Like, the main vocal delivery is really dude nailed it flat i know two for two this time (laughs) uh one of my favorite songwriting tricks is coming in with that like lo-fi intro and then everyone kicks in a few seconds in they do it really well here yeah i i love this song i don't know how it doesn't feel long when it's just verse 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 all the same it's three minutes 37 seconds i i could listen to it for six minutes i i love it Uh, i'm wondering if if you guys think the same well we there was i can't remember what song it was but in anti-socialites we talked about uh there was a song on there that just did straight verses as well and yeah well a a little bit differently though this is like no variation it's the same verse over and over like one lyrics are different but yeah. yeah but i think it has this like stopping and starting effect to it as well like the way they do those like the drum hits um yeah i like this song um i really like the lyrics near the beginning like it's like a three-legged dog in search of a crutch i think that's just like such a visual metaphor yeah like how can you not i mean i don't know maybe it's i used to have a three-legged cat so like maybe (laughs) (laughs) it like really yeah you would have got the alliteration in there too sneakers uh, no, this cat named BC, actually. Um, jumping on the lyric bandwagon here. Uh, by the way, I should mention this is an Andrew song, the drummer. He has two songs. This is his first one, and it's single number two. Um, but jumping on the lyric bandwagon, uh, I picked out one as well. With with support all around him, like a fence or a drink. I think that's an amazing line. I Dude, love that, that line. that is gold. I don't know how that one slips yeah. through. Uh, uh, generally, through, the song but... is very straightforward what it's about. It's just... Like the first line is, I once knew a couple who used to fit very tight. It's just about like a guy cheating on a girl from what I can tell. It's it's very straightforward. He's just telling a story and in the middle of every line, they go bop, 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 bop. Yeah. And that's why I don't, I don't get how this song works. Miles, what do you back me up on this, that this song works? Yeah, I was wondering if it was maybe about uh, a guy committing suicide people of the sky being god and and in yeah, heaven yeah, essentially I there's, I, a, there's yeah. a lyric that says uh but today they've still yet to look at each other in the eye and in a second he manages to dip to the other side up to the people of the sky now he'll never die i'm glad you brought that up because i, I find that doesn't fit with the i i was very much wondering what that's about because um most of the other lyrics seem very straightforward and then there's that at the end and and i don't that also confused me. I was wondering just maybe if it was like about a breakup and the guy's just like kind of spiraling and then toward at the end of the song 
it's, it could it's like, be i guess that's that's pretty reasonable that's interpretation kind of, that's kind of how i took it as but uh yeah i think the, which is if it is that i think that's really kind of neat the way they do the bop bop yeah it's kind of like happy but at the end it's a really dark twisted thing that's how i interpreted it but uh i i don't know for sure I, uh, I'm not going to let us move on without mentioning that my boy Sam Roberts uh, references People of the Sky in the song Mind Flood as well. Just oh, a nice, nice little nugget there. Yeah, no, I have Another a few more, few more things to say, yeah, too. Um, oh, sorry. And I'll, then if you have, I'll bring it back to you if you got a few okay. more things. <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> I, just want closing word. <laughs> I just want to say that I, I just can't help but like think about Gord Downey like in this kind of song, the way that they just kind of he's telling a story sort of but like not really melodically throughout the verses the only melodic thing is the ba 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 da ba and and he does like a lot of that rambly storytelling thing and and i find there's a lot of similarities between gord downey and sloan and i think that they're just like i think they're like just under the tragically hip in terms of canadian bands and they yeah just never seeming to find their footing like internationally but i'd say they're close to the same level and i i find a lot of similarities with them there i actually prefer sloan to the hip yeah i do as well uh, oh i do as well but i mean in in terms (laughs) yeah i mean in terms of in terms of success though in terms of success pretty much anyone older than us i would say Uh, would lean hip and uh i mean gord downey is a canadian legend and and for anyone that doesn't know americans are probably like what is the second listen podcast? But uh, if they know what the second listen <laughs> yeah. podcast is, they're Dude, they're probably represent. thinking like, who is Gord Downey? Who are the tragically hip? Who is Sloan? Even uh, <laughs> the tragically hip are like a national Canadian treasure, and Gord Downey is the singer there and has a very Canadian treasure. They are a Canadian treasure. Okay. Very okay. unique uh, storytelling improvisational delivery that um that I do. I, I never made that connection, but I I do see the connection between this vocal style and Gord Downey. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, who and Ellis, Trevor, away. Trevor wanted the last words. So let's let him have it. <laughs> um, no, uh, no. I mean, again, like yeah. if you've if you've heard previous episodes or all of the previous episodes, you know, like I like effective panning and like uh, when things are placed in a mix. I mean, there's so many times throughout this album where the two guitar parts are so. Like, they're so well... They complement each other so, so well. They're so distinct, yeah. Yeah, they're always so distinct. I really like, you know, you the two, each guitar and each speaker. Um, the parts are always written really well. And, uh, yeah, I think this song does that well, too. Near the end, uh, particularly, there's, like... I think there's, like, almost, like, a leady guitar part. And then, well, you have, like, the driving chords going the other... Yeah, there's other some speaker. there's some jangly guitar here that like I'm not gonna be able to uh, get that across probably, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's yeah there's some there's some odd guitar parts here, but yeah I I think it's a really cool song and I I I honestly think it's it's pretty impressive that that this song works like I mentioned before just being five verses with with not much variation at all. And, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember if I mentioned that it was my favorite song on the album. But oh, it is your favorite yeah, song? Yeah, that is my favorite yeah. song. Oh, wow. Album, so. Nice. Yeah. All right, well, moving on to my favorite song, Miles. We got uh, number four. You probably have all heard it, Coax Me. What are your thoughts, Colin? Well, this is just four instruments playing off each other so well throughout this whole song. There's just such a distinct, cool lead line with the other guitar kind of crunching in the other ear. 
uh, just a, a nice bass line complementing it and the drums that are just serving the song perfectly and, and pick up when you need them to. Um, Chris song so it's him trying to be really clever uh, he pulls it off in this one I, I think he gets way too cute with lyrics sometimes but there is some really clever lyrics here that that just work They're the it's it seems to be about uh, Courtney Love I think seems to be the prevailing opinion of what the song's about where like I saw his widow speak on her fortune she is feeling pretty apathetic being about Courtney Love the widow of Kurt Cobain um, I've, I've <laughs> so, but then the second verse he says, or later on, I, I saw a widow's peak on her forehead. It's just like crazy wordplay that that it it's it's really impressive, honestly. Um, consolidated. So there's a, a line in the second verse. Um, if I drink concentrated OJ, can I think consolidated's okay? Consolidated being a band from the early '90s and late '80s. Um, that I am not familiar with, but Wikipedia tells me that they had very left-leaning, politically activist lyrics, so I could see them having some pretty annoying fans, so <laughs> I'm probably with Chris on that. Uh, second listen gets political. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, to make a summary of the song, I think it's just a perfect radio song it's an awesome thing it's such an obvious choice to be a single and it's a great song yeah i uh, like i said this is my favorite song and you know i like whatever no shame in in it being the most well-known song and it being my favorite like it's a great song honestly i've always found uh, i was glad to hear a bit of an explanation behind it because i never knew what it was talking about when he comes in he's like i drink concentrated well i don't know OJ. what he's talking about there and then, and then, <laughs> and then always... so then he abandons talking about oj and then at the end of the verse says three cans of water perverts me which is like i talking about the creation of concentrated orange juice right i don't <laughs> yeah. like i honestly i just assume that like this is going over my head because he's trying really hard to make something clever. Well, he can have it, whatever. I don't get it. And like that's that's the problem. Sometimes he, I think he tries way too hard. Sometimes I was just thought hey, it was the most random, hard, hilarious lyrics. Like I was just like, yeah, lyrics okay. And it's just like it's such a weird. Like I don't know. To me, opening lyrics are really powerful because they're often like the things people hear, the people things people pick out the most. Like the first lyrics of a song, the first lyrics of a stanza. Like, and the funny thing with that is those lyrics really catch my attention. And then after it, I'm just like, wait, what? And then what yeah. do you say? Like all I know is you drink concentrated OJ. Like, that's all <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, but, but I mean, that being said, I love this song. Um, I'm not a big like ooze ah guys. Like, oh, they're usually, done well. Here, oh, though. but exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, like this song, they're done so well. Usually, I'm very in favor of people. A lot of the time, I feel like they're a cop out. Basically, like I feel like people do oohs and ahs when really they just should have written a chorus. I bet you're gonna love something. the next song. Then we'll get to that <laughs> oh. in a second. But and yeah, the bridge is awesome. I really like that. It's near the end. I think when it comes back to the verse for the third time, I could be could be wrong it's around two minutes 20 seconds or so um but they bring back the melody from the very beginning the bridge becomes the verse yeah yeah and it's like, incredible it's like a deconstructed it's like a deconstructed melody kind of like it's still it's not the entire thing i don't think he's like introduced gaps into it yeah and uh i just thought that was really cool like i thought that was a really good way of like it's almost like your brain fills in the gaps that he left mm -hmm. like you're still he hearing the whole thing 
And uh, yeah, I just, I just thought it was really powerful and something that I think really works in the song to like keep it like, you know, everybody knows or most people know that like the thing that we as humans like all associate with like things we like is things that are familiar, at least like typically on average, people like things that feel familiar. So like this song being like a radio hit, it's like a lot of the same, but just like changed very slightly to so that it doesn't get boring, basically. Yeah, um, but that's everything I have to say. Like I said, I love the song. So me and Trevor love it. Miles, do you? Yeah, yeah. I I love this song. You guys covered a lot of the basis, but uh, this is the very first Sloan song that I remember hearing anyways. And yeah, I drink concentrated OJ. <laughs> that's been in my that's yeah. been in my repertoire since a youngster. Uh, but yeah, no, a great single, uh, awesome song. Take it to I the do, next one here. Well, I do just, I, um, there's a couple melody flourishes in the last chorus where he just slightly alters the melody. And, and um, I, I'm, I'm not going to try to recreate it because I'm two for two <laughs> right now on recreating it. But uh, yeah, just listen to the last chorus. You'll know what I mean. <laughs> All right, on to song five, Bells On. This is, so another Chris song, and I, I think it's interesting that we still have not had a Patrick song yet. Um, this song, <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, oh. I, this, I think we've started four for four, and then uh, this song <laughs> isn't oh. my favorite. Um, interesting. I think it's funny that uh, Chris is already attacking the love triangle angle here when, when he's going to return to it in the other man <laughs> I have better, lo- in a way better way i have love triangle written yeah <laughs> uh i think like he again there's some clever lyrics you might know who i am but i know who you are which is just like a nice twist on oh you might not know who i am but i know who you are yeah, so yeah. yeah we know each other um there's also the lyrics about like the $30, which I think are actually really incredible. So the song seems to be about like him losing his girl to someone else. I think we can probably all agree on that. And uh, I guess he knows this guy. And so to, to him, like this, this third party, other guy is like the biggest enemy, biggest villain in the world. And then he's talking about how the, to me, I owe him money. Will will you pay back the thirty dollars I owe him? Like this guy's like, who the hell is that guy? He owes me thirty bucks. Yeah, I know that guy. Like I, I think that's such a cool take on the love triangle. Uh, but the song isn't great. Oh <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm gonna agree. Really, Miles, do you? I I'm obviously gonna have different opinions, and uh, I. So let's uh, hear it from you first, and then I'll I'll finish it off about this song. I just think there's kind of not much to it. I think we're actually in a bit of a lull here for me with the album. Um, this song and then the next Fully one, we'll get to. But uh, yeah, not not too. It's just kind of boring for me. It's a uh, little whiny too. Yeah, no? yeah. It just gets droney, and I mean, I prefer it a lot over a lot of other a lot of other music, but. But just for in in comparison to the previous tracks, it just doesn't stand up whatsoever for me. Let's hear it, Trevor. Why I, is it good? Okay, so I know in Antisocialites, I didn't like a lot of the slow songs. I like this slow song, and I will agree. Um, 
<laughs> we won't uh, haven't got there yet. But I'm not super big fan of the next song. This song took me a bit of time to warm up to. Um, I like it because to me it's like I said earlier that I think Sloan does a great do- job of telling a story, and I think that song, this song, is exactly that. Like he tells such a good story here, and like it's so funny. It's like to me, it's like you could almost make a movie about this. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's that's being over dramatic, but like I really like the song. I think the quiet to loud thing is a little bit very early nineties. It's very early nineties, and it's a little bit too drastic in this like whenever i get like I, I love when it goes into the like big uh, oh speaking of weezer the guy who well, we were no, we I, I said weezer <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no but uh so the guy same guy who engineered and mixed this uh engineered pinkerton oh really yeah Interesting. so there is a yeah, weezer connection i mean and, and sloan definitely fit the power pop yeah, Bill at times as does Weezer. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Quiet Loud because um, this song and there's another Quiet Loud song, which is also a Chris song later. I don't think that suits his style of songwriting very well. Like the, it just seems like this was Gaffin saying like we need Quiet Loud. That's what smells like Teen Spirit was. Like th- that's kind of the and, and and from from listening to various interviews, it doesn't seem to be the case. But yeah, it no. just seems like it's very of the time and and not particularly well pulled off. I mean, I think that it's just too drastic. Like they're too quiet, and <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I wish that it was saying. I wish that it it wasn't quite as much of a jump. But yeah, I will say I'm not a big fan of the part where he does la la la. It's so long. It's so stupid. And he does it again later in the album too. um, I think what's really, what I love about this song is the story, is the lyrics. I think that's what saves this this song for me. Um, So when he's just like, I don't know. It's like, you've already heard this part before. Like it's, you know, it's it's coming back to like the chorus or whatever. And said this time he just says la la la. It's (laughs) like, dude, like. It's obnoxiously long. Just like. I think it could have been a bit shorter well, is what I'm saying yeah, and, and it would have been a stronger song because I think it does tell a really good story like I don't know like you get an idea of what's going on I I know when I first heard this I didn't I don't get the impression he's like telling a story about himself I don't know why that is um, but I think that could just be because Sloan changes writers so much like the identity of who Sloan Well, yeah, I, and I was going to bring this up because you guys have both both now said like Sloan is good at telling a story. But I, I find the songwriting styles between the songwriters pretty distinct. Now, this again, this album is pretty Chris heavy. So if this is your main source into deep diving Sloan, then you're going to get the Chris Murphy songwriting experience more than anything. But yeah, um, it's. I agree with you that the, well, I mean, we seem to have different opinions of the actual quality of the song itself, but I agree with you that the lyrics save the song to an extent. I I, I think they're, they're, they're cool enough yeah. to, to keep you engaged. Although it does, it does surprise me that, that he does this la la verse for like, I don't like I, that I, I should have timed it like I did in the rage episode, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it surprises me. And, and I guess it speaks to him not wanting to just rhyme good with hood and he would just rather like okay i know we need a verse i've already told my story let's just do this instead of mailing it in i think i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there but he does it twice on this album it happens again later and it's equally as long and 
disturbing. It's probably just fun to jam on stage and do that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you don't have to do that you on think the record. This song is fun to yeah, jam on true. stage. I think that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. This, let's move <laughs> I, on because wait, like, wait, I, I, got, I got one thing I want to say because I know this is going to come up later is I do like the phrasing in this song, and I think in general I really like phrasing of lyrics is really important. So like he goes. uh uh, I dreamed that I kissed your mouth and you thought about me. And then he's like, over, like, yeah. over Christmas. That Millie. Terrible. Over <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Join the club. Don't but like, worry. I love, I mean, I do this a lot in my own lyric writing, so I think that's part of why I like it. Um, yeah, like he thinks the line's done thing. and then it's not. And exactly. Adds in a and, yeah. and Chris Murphy does this in other songs and there's other good phrasing stuff in Sloan. But enough about Bells On. Let's move on to everybody's favorite song. <laughs> yeah, this is Lucen's Patrick's first Joke. song. Uh, sixth song. This minute's uh, this this one, song one one bar out of like eight oh. on Spotify. This this song's five twenty six. Uh, the length of time five minutes twenty six. It feels like eight twenty six to me. Um, I, I find it like Patrick is responsible for the majority of their singles. Like he is at his best when he's doing like the eighties ACDC inspired riffs and and rip and lead over it. On this album, he is really soft, and that surprises me. Based on where where he ends up, like leading the band in in their commercial success whereas this is as far away from commercial success as you can get um yeah it's i i do actually think the instrumentation is 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 pretty beautiful behind this but i I just don't like the vocal delivery at all um and and i think like there's a a couple instrumental breaks where everything drops off and it's it's just guitar and I, i think those are cool but yeah it's just I I don't like the lyric lyrical delivery at all. No. I think uh yeah, I'm I'm a bit higher on this song like it is still part of the lull for the album for me, but this I I take this over the song uh previous to this. You take this on. over bells on. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. also wrote down I think this should follow coax me as as like the slow down after coax me like I like where bells on is placed, but I obviously like that song uh, better than both of you guys but uh, uh i just think this one has like way more interesting instrumentation uh some just like eerie but beautiful undertones and stuff like that and it is a big stylistic change but uh, I, I like it a lot better than bells on yeah i i will say what i do like about this song is uh, i like the instrumentation they have instead of having another guitar on the left side you now have like a piano which yeah. is cool um and the other thing i think is really cool is you know he's got these kind of like i didn't break down the lyrics personally but you get the sense that these there's kind of sad lyrics and the music's kind of sad and then without actually saying anything um the music does a really good job of like giving uh, creating a mood shift when it song. drops out and and, and it opens da, up da, 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 yeah, yeah. And I really like that. I think it's really effective, and it's really cool how he doesn't write a line there that's like yeah. talking about how it's happier or more hopeful. Like the music kind of says it for him, and uh, yeah, I think that's effective. It works in the song. Other than that, like I have like around four minutes. So there's a cool moment. I think that's at the bridge because there are a lot of good bridges in this song. But I don't know. It's kind of 
it's it's a drag. I think we can it's all just, agree. Yeah, that, right? vocally, it's just nothing amazing. For yeah, me. It's, I, I do. Um, I kind of like the. It's it's. Uh, my interpretation is that it's a pretty clear breakup song. He's talking about grip loosening and and all that. Uh, I do kind of like the. Um, he said, like, put it back in the same place where you found it. Put me back in the same place where you found me. I think that's a, a cool spin on a breakup song, like taking a common phrase like that and applying it to that. But um, surprised yeah, they've been in that many relationships. They don't look. They're not exactly the biggest. Yeah, and and, and and maybe halfway through the album is not the time to jump to the <laughs> album cover. But this could be the most '90s picture I've ever seen <laughs> oh, in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. I, uh, and actually, um, just, it cracks me up because yeah. it is very like. Uh, I mean, looking back on it now, it's so fucking 90s. Yeah. And it's n- not, in some ways, it's not the most 90s album. You know, like the musical. No, it's, it's like, yeah. So that's kind of a juxtaposition there, too. And like we talked about earlier, how like when they were going to do this, a lot of people thought it was career suicide. And it kind of was at the time. Like it didn't do well. And then now it's like one of their most critically acclaimed. Yeah. Um, just to speak about the album cover too I know uh, they make a point to put all of their faces on every album to further the oh, uh, point cool. that they're yeah. a collaborative effort which I, well, I do think is pretty cool one of them's face is barely showing is that I think it's Jay it's, on the right all you can see is his bleach no it's on the left oh like, that's his bleach yeah. blonde hair <laughs> well, that's Patrick because they tried <laughs> to push him out of the album burying him until song six here so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think we can move on. None of us are big Portion fans of, of this. Portion of face is directly proportional to yeah, number Chris of songs Yeah, Chris is front and center album. here, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, song seven, we got Worried Now. Yeah, this is Patrick again, so they give him back-to-back here. This is a lot more his wheelhouse, these kind of open chords, more or less generic lyrics, and just like a upbeat, more classic rock-inspired song. Uh it's it's not my favorite song or anything, but I think it's it's fits on an album. It's uh, to be honest, I don't have much to say about. Yeah, I I like the I like the drum pacing in this song. Drums are killer and, in this yeah, song. He he kills the drums. Uh, there's lots of good change ups. It it is kind of like it does. It feels more modern than '94 to me, anyways. Oh, interesting. Because to me, this is straight out of the. Like, I mean, I guess I don't want to say ACDC playbook because like it's it's got the slower parts, but it's it's very just like open chord, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Yeah, true. That that's that's my impression of it. Uh, I think the chorus is kind of weak, to be honest, and I think that holds it back. Yeah, right? it's it's kind of middle of the pack song. It's it's just. It's just kind of there for me. Yeah, yeah, same. Trevor? Um, I actually really like this song. It's oh, up interesting. There with, I mean, I do, Coax Me is my favorite. I've already have to stick to that now. But uh, it's up there with one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, I like the phrasing in this song as well. And I think, like, the, you know, you have, like, really a really cool, I guess, like, lead line, you could call it, going on in your, like, right uh, headphone or speaker, which I like. And I always think, like, the chorus is kind of, like, cheeky and, like, silly. Like, remember that time you told me not to worry? Well, I'm worried now. You know, like, I think that's, I don't know, there's something about it where it's almost, like, dumb. But, like, I like it. Uh, And I think the opening lines, like I mentioned, I think those play a really big role on a song. And, like, um, I think I've lost my sense of humor because I can't seem to get a laugh. Like, and then he goes on, like, Elaborates even more on yeah, that metaphor about the punchlines after, after that. Yeah, um, 
And I think those are really good lyrics. And like the first line kind of grabs your attention, then you just like keep listening. Yeah, and if you, you can continue the thought at all. Yeah. And I, again, like I know I said it before, and this is just alluding to what we have coming up, but uh, some Sonic Youth influence on this album as well. Uh, there's like screeching and guitars at points. And I, I do think it's interesting. Maybe uh, maybe now would be the time to announce the next album, Trevor. What is the next album coming up? Yeah, next album up is uh, Sonic Youth Dirty. And the, the reason I do that now is because um, I, I've seen them refer to the fact that they're inspired by Sonic Youth. So that's that's interesting. I, I don't hear much of that at all. But, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I definitely do in some of the guitar. I guess you could call it leads, but... yeah. Yeah, I mean, just to wrap this song up, uh, I think the outro is awesome. Uh, great uh, bridge where the drums pick up and then cut out. Yeah, bridge is cool. But, uh, you know, it's it's short. I like a short song. I, you know, yeah. So let's uh, take it on to the next one, Miles. Song eight, Shame, Shame. What are your thoughts, Colin? Well, we got another Chris song here. Um... This is the other soft, loud song that I was talking about by Chris that, again, I'm not too big of a fan of. And and to be honest, I think the album's in a pretty big lull here since Coax Me. I think it's been not the uh, the best listen, to be honest. Um, the, thanks, thanks for that. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, 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 I do like it better than Bells On. I think they're kind of comparable in that they're... Um, they have Chris songs with the slow, fast dynamic, but is this, did he really write a song about forgetting his girlfriend's name? Is that actually what this is about? Like, I don't know if you guys read the lyrics, but that seems to be what it's about. And <laughs> wow. He's just solidifying himself as the asshole in the band. <laughs> he's just, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> his girlfriends. It, but, like this, he's not even like, oh, I slept yeah. with this girl. I couldn't remember her name. He's like, no, I just forgot <laughs> yeah. my girlfriend's name. <laughs> no, it, it, no, it says because you, you didn't, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange song and then he's talking about like she has got the brightest candle it's just like the most chris murphy song ever and i, I don't think in a good way yeah this is uh i was i was i mark my least favorite song mm-hmm. uh, as i listened to the album and this one has an LF scratched out beside it. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so it's not a good impression. So yeah, no, this is low on my list. Um, I do like there's a drivey ending that I, I really that I really enjoyed about it. But other than that, no, I don't. It's kind of whiny. I don't really. I'm not a big fan of this song personally. It's definitely you know it's not up there. And I should be clear, like Bells On isn't my favorite song, not even remotely yeah. close. Like. <laughs> Well, you just didn't have I the just, same visceral reaction a, yeah, that like, we I, did. I do like Bells On, and I do like this song, honestly. I think it's a, a decent song. I like the delivery on For Sure. It is kind of like classic Chris, Chris Murphy, like he's trying a little bit hard to like make this sassy delivery. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of guitar stuff I really like. Like, um, I, I actually wrote, I felt like on this song, it, it was the best example of the guitars really complementing each other in each, in okay. each headphone. Um yeah, like to me, it's really impressive when you can have two guitars doing like they're doing rhythmic plays off each other. They're both kind of playing rhythm guitar, but they're like two distinctly. It's like melodic parts. syncopation. Yeah, totally. And like, yeah, so I think that's a really cool part. And the way it's mixed, which again, it's like 
you know, probably countless albums have done this, where one guitar's on the left, one guitar's on the right. It's really cool. And like, you, honestly, it's not so distracting that like you're like, oh, you know, what's going on? Every it's just kind of there. Album. Sorry, what was that? It's every Strokes album. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I think I think it's a mediocre song. I think I would agree. It's like on the low, like Bell's on. I mean, it probably, for me, it'd probably go loose ends. Uh, there is another song that's, I think it's, for me, it goes, I think it goes loosens from lease up, loosens before I die or before I do, <laughs> before I Spoilers. do. Spoilers. Um, bells yeah, on and then shame, boy. shame. So this is like at the top of my least favorite, but no, like, yeah. I think we can move on. So I think on. we're all yeah. kind of in agreement that the album's generally in a lull, although Trevor's a, a, a quite a fan of Worried now. But I think we can all say that the first four songs were much stronger than oh, yeah. the, that is, the middle that, four. I would agree. Like yeah, After Coax Me. And you know what? I think that's a thing people do on albums a lot. They yeah. play their song that everyone's going to love, and then like yeah, they, they put a few in there that maybe aren't quite as like... Yeah, so they, you you know. sometimes they front load uh, the album. And I think that's kind of what this is looking to be so far. Uh, yeah, but we'll see what we got up next here. Should we get into Deeper Than Beauty track nine? So Chris, again, fifth song in a nine songs so far, which is it's kind of strange to me that they've done it that way. Um, I don't think there's bass in this song. No, there's not. I, have that I think that's pretty weird. There's also not me. really a chorus. Um, I think the song is about how he's too cool for a nerdy girl. Which is, Which is <laughs> like, what, like, what does this guy write songs about, honestly? Because he's talking about... He's a pretty nerdy looking guy. Yeah, well, exactly, <laughs> right? So, like, when she lets her hair down and takes off her glasses. Also, like, really, dude, you're going to call someone out on their glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's... I'm hoping that that's self-aware. Because Chris Murphy has got pretty ridiculous glasses. Uh, this is the other song, too, with the... They're really la 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 Jeffrey long. Dahmer's. He's singing la 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 for like a minute. Yeah. All that being said, I kind of like the song. I don't really know why, but I like it. I think this is a straight ahead simple song. I actually don't have a whole lot written down about it, but it's all right. Um, it has a really different sound sonically to everything else. <laughs> there's no like, bass. There's no bass. Yeah. The drums are really roomy. Like it almost sounds like they just use the overheads or something. Like you know what I mean? Like. If you even listen to the kick drum, and it's not like, like you think without bass, the kick drum would be really coming. But through. it's not, yeah. But it's not really. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyways, it's a fun short tune. It doesn't do a whole lot for me, but I, I enjoy it. You know. Yeah, it's a. Uh, for me, I, I don't know why they didn't put bass in. It bothered me. <laughs> uh, I thought maybe they were just going for a different sound, just to have a different feel on the album but it doesn't bother me or it's not one that catches my attention or it's not one i'm gonna switch off though it's 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 an okay song i just i think they probably could have polished it up and made it better well the, the lack of bass is interesting too because like chris is the main bassist in the band so it's odd oh, interesting that, that he's just like that's yeah, how sick he got of playing bass. yeah exactly. <laughs> i don't feel like it it's <laughs> the just, i think aren't uh, it is exactly what I talked about earlier, where it's <laughs> like, man, just take it out or write another, another yeah, stanza. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think they're adding a whole lot. Uh, and and I don't yeah. think the nerdy girl is going to be impressed by the lack of lyrics either. <laughs> yeah, I think she would I want some intricate lyrics. <laughs> yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's kind of a miss, I think. Yeah, I think we could probably move on. 
Yeah, I I wouldn't call it a miss, but it definitely wasn't well, like yeah, it yeah. was it wasn't the strong no. thing we needed back to get out of this lull. But exactly. I think the next song is the snowsuit sound. I think I think I like the song a lot. Um, this is Jay's only other song. Uh, we kind of have a stripped down verse here with only bass and drums, which I believe is the first time we've had something like that on the album, where it's just kind of very bare. The intro is kind of weird, but they bring it back. And and I find Jay Jay's very intricate songwriter, where he'll bring back different parts of the song at at different times and not always follow traditional structure. This song actually is pretty traditionally structured, but um, he does do that quite a bit. The uh, the first two lines are being... He says something about like getting pushed off the swing and getting his braces full of sand, and then like all he wanted was the girl. It's like the most like I was bullied in high school lyrics I've ever heard. <laughs> I think it's a funny way to, to start a song. Uh... And I think this is uh, the longest guitar solo on the album here as well. Um, I, I like the song. I think the chorus is really good. And my only complaint would be, I don't know if I like Jay's vocals that much. I think they're all right. I mean, I like this song. Uh, there's some cool Ebo guitar in it um, in the second verse. And I think it's the third verse as well. It comes in about like halfway through. And... Um, I don't know, that intro that comes in and it comes back, like I actually wrote down, I did think it have, had kind of an interesting structure. Not that it's like super abnormal, but they had this like weird like... Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like random. The second time they do it, there's like, I swear, somebody like tapping on a microphone. <laughs> there's like two thumps in it that I'm like... It almost sounds like it was just like an accident, you know? Like <laughs> they didn't... Um, and it's like this weird eclectic thing. It almost... I don't know, it works though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like somehow it just works. And it's just like used almost as like a part in and of itself. And it's like, I don't know, it's it's weird and it works well. Um, I think the chorus is really cool. And like you don't hear a lot of Ebo guitar, and it's kinda it's nice to hear it every yeah. now and then. Yeah. Miles? Uh I love the bass tone in this song. Oh yeah, it's I actually had that killer. right down as well. Sorry <laughs> yeah. to you interject there, but it's wicked, like the perfect amount of distortion. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you took the mic or you took the take before me, I was like, "Oh, he's, he's going to bring about it up." Yeah. <laughs> he didn't talk about the bass. So. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I like this song. I I think it's really cool. The uh, the clapping, I'm not a big fan of. Myself. I know. I, knowing I, you, I know you really dislike I clapping. I can't stand clapping in songs. Very rarely <laughs> it, does it work for me. It's not but too I upfront I, here, though. I don't. Like I, no, I think this is the best chorus on the album. I think it's kind of making fun of itself. Like when it does that clapping thing, to me, it almost seems like it's like trying to make a caricature of itself or something. Like, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Frank. I have not. But there's a a part, in, I don't know. It's not gonna make it's not gonna make any sense. But for any listeners, it <laughs> kind of makes me, it reminds me of the part when uh, Frank writes like the most likable song ever, and it's like actually garbage. He's like, oh, I just thought of the most likable song ever, and it has like random. Well, Tenacious you know, D already wrote the best yeah. song. 
Well, it's 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 yeah, it's it's a bit different. Anyways, it kind of reminds me of that sort of thing. I don't have anything more more to say on this song. Uh, Miles, you're calling. Do uh, you guys gonna wrap it up or move on to the no, next I th- one? No, I think it's uh, I think it's it's one of the better songs on the album. Um, that's that's all I got really. I think it's that's the end of the lull. I think that's a long lull in the album, and I think that ends the lull. Yeah, there's a couple hills within the lull there, that, but uh, nothing to bring it back to a peak. Until, until that. All right, we got uh, song eleven. Before I do, yeah, not before I die. Trevor. Yeah, I almost said that because yeah. Trevor said that. Uh, Andrew's other song, the drummer. This is actually my favorite song on the album, and uh, Trevor said uh, I think he he put it high on his least favorite list. So I'm. I'm <laughs> well, that. I think I think silly. this is. Uh, I it's the verse is so weird. These like ugly piano chords with uh again it's just kind of andrew like at the start of people of the sky it's just him doing his own thing and then everything just stops and we get this big drum explosion into the chorus and i love the chorus of this song i I think it's awesome uh we've got andrew and chris alternating melodies it's the second chorus is longer than the first which is one of my favorite songwriting tricks um chris is talking about how he's usually in mourning in the afternoon and night about death (laughs) whatever um yeah i just uh for a slow song i find it so much more interesting than the other slower songs and i the chaotic outro is i love that as well the really droney like extended outro where he's um he's speaking over it and and uh there was a transcription on genius.com actually i couldn't find it anywhere else but of what he's apple music oh you had it on apple music oh sorry i don't have an iphone (laughs) um yeah it seems to be about like getting committed to a mental institution or something is what i took out of that um and then the abrupt ending, how it just stops, I think is a perfect way to <laughs> yeah, end the song. Yeah. Everything about the song I love, maybe it's like 30 seconds too long. It's seven minutes. Maybe you can cut a bit of that. But uh, love, love, love this song. And and I'm actually interested to hear Trevor because it sounded like he didn't have the well, same opinion. It's funny because I think I misremembered myself because in my <laughs> notes, I gave it four stars. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the thing is, hearing it again, I'm like, oh yeah, it's this song. And I... You know, I don't agree with my own four-star rating, but I don't. <laughs> I think I would put it above Lucens. Uh, I can't remember if I did previously. Uh, I think there's a lot of things I like about it. I think, like I hate my generation. I don't like the slow parts, and I don't like. I don't like the beginning of it very much. Is actually, mm-hmm. I guess, what I'm saying. I think it does get into a cool thing. I also think the ending is hilarious. Like it just like happens, and. Uh, and then the next song is like as different of a song as you could have too, yeah. which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, I I thought there was some sonic influence in this song as well. I do hear that. Um, with like, I think it's near the end. There's like kind of noisy guitars and like somebody just like talking. Um, and I think too the vocals. I think the vocal effect does work here. It almost sounds like he's talking over a telephone or something. Like there's mm. like a low pass filter on his voice and it's a little bit distorted. Um, but I was definitely not, you know, I can see what there is to like about it, but it's not my favorite. You know what I mean? I think it is interesting, but Miles, what are your thoughts? Uh, I love this song. Uh, it's got super cool eerie vibe to it. I like how like for slow songs, 
like this, it it, it kind of builds up slowly and gradually, and and it's not super abrupt. And I like that how it, it fades in and out of building up. And um, I personally thought this, they should have closed the album with this song. Oh, interesting. And yeah, the uh, the cool outro jam with just the conversation in the background. It's like, so cool. Yeah, and that's just like that's cool for like an al- an, a way, that an is- album to end. And then have it end, of course, on that abrupt note too. Yeah, I think that's a little jarring to uh, end a, the it's, album. It's, there. it's, it's it jarring, jarring, but I, did, I just I think the problem is the next song itself, and not that there's a song after. <laughs> yeah. Personally, yeah, maybe, but maybe maybe that's it. But yeah, again, like kind of like I get those Gord Downey vibes again with that whole conversational speaking. Yeah, totally. Way at the end of the album and stuff. But yeah, I it's seven minutes and. It doesn't really feel like seven minutes. I like the song quite a bit. It does drag on a bit for me, but let's uh, let's wrap this off and get to the next song here. Yeah. All right, last song on the album, song 12. It's called I Can Feel It. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, Patrick's third song in the, the album closer. Um, I fully endorse having a song after Before I Do, as I was just saying, because you end it abruptly, and I like the idea of bring it down with this acoustic kind of, not a ballad, but this like soft love song that they put out there. But I just don't really like the song. I, uh, I, I've i never, big music pet peeve for me is the duet style, male-female and it's just cheesy to me. It is a pretty good chorus. I'll, I will concede that. But uh, other than the chorus, I'm I'm not a big fan. But I I I get why it's here. I I think it's all right. It's very reminiscent of uh, Deeper Than Beauty to me. Where like I'm kind of just like yeah, it's kind of a sweet, cute song. I don't think it's like bad. I think there's like like a catchy bit to it. And I do like I do like the. The way they do the duet, I think, is well done. Like, I like all the things Jail's Jennifer Pierce uh, comes in and does. Um, so, J- uh, Jail was like a Halifax band. Apparently, this is his ex. I read that somewhere. It was like in the comment section of a lyric site. So, like, who oh, knows how credible that is? But I think that's <laughs> and pretty. I, was the ex. I think it's pretty interesting if it's his ex singing I mean, a song of a love with him. I it guess. could be. Uh, I like. I mean, my source was Wikipedia on. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's better than the like, I mean, comments. The, the section. two, the two could be the same, right? Like, it could be that he dated Jennifer Pierce from jail. You know, they were both in Halifax. Um, how do you date in jail? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How do you do it? Um, but yeah, I mean, this song doesn't do a whole lot for me. I think it's like cute. I think it was like, I think actually think it works as an ending. But yeah, I do yeah. too. I just wish it was better. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, this is uh, this is my least favorite on the album. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I. I don't really like female male harmonizing unless the voices are very different and like their voices just kind of sound similar and blend too much for me. There's no, he is singing in a pretty high register. Yeah. There's no contrast between them, which kind of makes it boring for me. Uh, I, I do like, I I'm unlike you. I do like female and male, but the, I, I like <laughs> singing together duets 
Uh, but I like that. I need the voices to be like very different. Um, so yeah, in that regard, it's kind of falls flat for me. <laughs> least song, least favorite song on the album. And yeah, I just wish they ended it with "Before I Do" on that note. Yeah, <laughs> or, or lack thereof. So so we're all through now. Like, where where are you guys at with a this album and b Sloan? I I was honestly I was super stoked for a Sloan album, and I thought it was going to be like really good the whole way throughout because I thought that you would have picked their best their best <laughs> one and I think my taste in music is somewhat similar to yours but uh, I really like Action Packed as an album um, that's my favorite Sloan album that I've kind of deep dove into so I was kind of hoping that it would be just on that level and I, it just didn't hit the mark for me in that way a lot a lot of really good songs though super front loaded the, the front's really stacked and I, I it's there's songs that I probably wouldn't like change and hit next because they annoy me that much or anything like that. But there's just nothing. There's too big of a lull. It doesn't really uh, hit hard, but still solid album. I totally agree. And um, interestingly, uh, I believe you identified People of the Sky and Before I Do as two of your favorite songs on the album, right? And and yet th- those are both Andrew songs who doesn't actually have a song on Action Pack. So that's, that's interesting that you've much prefer that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you that uh, honestly if it wasn't for Snowsu Sound and before I do, I would never listen to this album. I'd go four songs and turn it off. Yeah. Um Trevor, where are you at with like does this make you want to listen to Sloan other albums and and what's your overall opinion of this album? Uh, I actually really like this album. I don't know Action Packed very well. Um and I know I like One Chord to Another Navy Blues that those are both albums I quite enjoy by Sloan but I, it's been a while since I did like a deep dive into them but I know this is like one of my favorite Sloan albums so like um, so yeah I, I guess I, I stand you know I, I, I guess I would say I disagree a little bit um, I do quite like this and yeah I don't know it's, it's it is kind of just like a pop album there's something really raw about the recording and production on it and uh, yeah, that's all I guess I really have to say about it. I think it's a great yeah, I guess, album. I guess you were higher on a lot of those other songs. Mm, that the middle songs, in the middle, yeah. So yeah, no, that I makes did, sense. I did like, like, I, I think Bell's, like, even the songs that are near the the bottom, like I would say again, like Before I Do and Lucens are my two least favorite, probably. Um, I still think they're good songs. You know what I mean? Or like Lucens, like, it's all right. Well, that's the thing. Like, I've, like, Sloan has, I think, 12 albums now. It's like, if you do a deep dive, it's, you have, it's pretty it's extensive. Deep. I've, I've, yeah. I'm pretty familiar with probably six or seven of those albums, I would say. And they don't really write bad songs ever. Yeah. Where would like, you, where be, would you rank this one amongst the others? Um, Closer to the top than the bottom for the albums that I'm familiar with. I, I agree with, I, I think that the mid-period Sloan is my favorite with, um, like Trevor say, Navy Blues is a pretty good album. I like One Chord to Another. I, I like Action Packed. As, as you know, that was the one that I told you to listen to. And and my favorite song by Sloan is The Other Man, which is off another oh, album yeah. in that mid-period that pretty song. together. So, I think I listened um, to that song a thousand times in high school. <laughs> were you The Other Man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, like I said, I, 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 I think I like the idea of Sloan more than Sloan itself. I, I think that just 
an album having four songwriters that are doing their own thing and then they come together and make an album is is so cool. Maybe in reality I'm I'm more in love with the concept than the actual music itself. But um I think each songwriter brings enough whether it's Patrick's riffs although not on this album, Jay's like intricate songwriting, Andrew's just weirdness and and Chris's cleverness that it makes all their albums like worth at least one listen. Like it's it's it worth it to go through their discography at least once. Have you guys seen them live by the way? Um, I saw them once, I've seen so. a bunch. Um, did you see them rock the shores? I, I've never. Oh no, I've I've never actually seen them live. I've, oh, I've okay. watched a lot of performances though. Oh, I saw them live. They were fucking wicked. Were they really good? Oh, they're yeah, they're, they're really yeah. good. They're so on point, man. Like they, yeah, like they know their shit. Like, well, I mean, yeah, they've been going really for like talented. thirty yeah. years at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I wish I would have seen them not at a festival. They're like, kind of in. Which I've had several opportunities. I should probably just go do it. Well, I know I've seen an interview with them where. Um, they say that if you go to a show in Canada with them, they're obligated to play all these hits because they've, like any big band that you go see, so many of their songs have been on radio, you have to play right. those songs. But in the States, they can just play they random deep cuts and everyone knows nobody. them. So I think it would be cool to see them in the States where they're playing like mm-hmm. Before I Do or something like that instead of just Coax Me, then what was the single off the next album? But yeah, um, I think we're probably at a conclusion here. Yeah, um, that's it. Stay tuned for episode five, Trevor. Uh, we mentioned what the album was going to be in the mid, but just in case someone is listening on two times speed and just slowed it down <laughs> to find out what the last album is going to be, what is it going to be? The uh, next Sonic album. Use is Dirty. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Second Listen. The Second Listen.